Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. Well, Afghanistan is now in a democracy, and they voted to get rid of the Americans. And they also voted on women quitting school and going back to the kitchen and taking off their shoes. The other day, the Taliban completed their takeover of Afghanistan as America was trying to get the heck out of there. So I figured I'd talk about it, uh, maybe some history. I'd learn about it, and then I'd talk about it. And uh, I don't think there's no point in talking about what's going to happen with Afghanistan after America's gone. I mean, that's basically now. But who knows what's going to happen? So we'll just we'll look at from now going to the towards the past. But there were some crazy videos. You know, all the news was playing of like in particular like a big super giant U.S. Army plane trying to take off from uh, Hamid Karzai Airport. That's the big airport in Kabul, which is the big city of Afghanistan. And there's like Afghan people like clinging to the outside of the airplane. Not a ton of people died in this whole thing, you know, trampled, maybe fell from an airplane, uh, maybe a couple people got shot. I think, I heard like seven people died so far, but um, I'm listening to this podcast called Red Scare. I don't think I recommend it. I think it's like a communist podcast, but whatever. May as well, may as well have one communist podcast on your uh, list. I mean, it's like two women and they're like, capitalism, capitalism is terrible, and I love going to a, you know, $200 an hour spa in L.A. And it's humorous. But the first thing they mentioned is that the Afghan people, they're not like us. They're not the same as Americans. You know, they just, whatever, they're just not the same. Like, an American would not grab the outside of an airplane as it is taking off and hang on. And then they mention... Um, well, actually, I saw this somewhere else. Britain tried to conquer Afghanistan three times. Russia tried to do it once. And the United States tried to do it once. And all of them failed. It's, you know, it's the unconquerable place. And, like, the geography and the people uh, just kind of make it that way. We'll talk about that later. But, so these ladies are a couple communists. And they're talking about this Russian play. Like, someone wrote a play about uh, a Russian soldier... In Afghanistan and they're trying to I think they're trying to spread the right kind of communism maybe like the wrong kind of communism was in Afghanistan they want to put in the right kind like maybe they have the kind of communism where women are not equal for instance so in this play this uh, Russian guy he whatever he gets to the the harem of his enemy some guy's fighting he gets to the hair he's one he gets to the harem and he's like all right ladies you're all free and I guess maybe he, you know, gives them some different kind of clothing from what they were wearing, you know, so they can uh, head off towards their uh, lives of equality. And the women, uh, they take their shirts, cover their faces, and expose their breasts. And tell the Russian guy that now he's the husband of all of them. Makes me think of a stat I read a while ago. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like, what country has the most female executives or female CEOs, I think it was, you know, what country has the most female CEOs uh, proportionally out of all their CEOs? And all the countries that had lots of female CEOs were former uh, USSR countries. And I don't know if Russia was in there too, but 
basically in communism, they used to uh, let women become CEOs. And so, you know, I mean, they're, they're like way beyond, like, you know, maybe America has 10% female CEOs and then, you know, some country with the name of Stan Stan has like 40% female CEOs, something like that, Ukraine, whatnot. So like I say, these ladies are too far on the left for me. Uh, I was listening to them talk about uh, that spa where people were protesting because some dude, you know, was calling himself transgender and then going into the women and little girls section and showing off his willy. And they're saying anyone who doesn't think that's okay is a transphobe. But then they make a interesting, uh, maybe counterintuitive, counter-narrative um, point is that, like, in Muslim countries, women are more conservative than the men. And I believe that. That's like, you know, in America, women are the ones who want to do the religious stuff. Women are, like, way more religious. Like, we got to go to church every Sunday. The man's like, I got a hangover. I don't want to go. It's like, get your ass up. Get in your finest. And we're going. And the kids are going, too. And the kids are like, I got a hangover, too. I don't want to go. But there's something about evolution that... You know, men and women are not the same. Men uh, have more testosterone and are willing to go out and take physical risks. And women, you know, they want to raise their kids and they want to make sure that their community adheres to, you know, whatever whatever it is that there's, you know, whatever religion or philosophy or whatever, they make sure their community sticks to that stuff. And I'm sure that's because sometime in the past, there was a woman who... Uh, She's like, oh, we don't have to all do the same thing. We don't have to go to church or whatever. And then uh, she got killed. She did not pass on her DNA. Or actually, her kids got killed. And her that was the end of her DNA. And so all the women and kids that are left are the ones who are like, yeah, we got to get up and go to church. Or, you know, in the hunter-gatherer days, maybe we got to respect our ancestors. And we got to leave offerings for them twice a year. I think it's just all, it's all for cohesion, you know? You're not going to win in a fight. A woman's not going to win in a fight against a man, so you need your community to be cohesive. And uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. But it just leads to interesting uh, facts when feminists are like, yeah, women should be free, and women are like, shut the hell up and put on your hijab. And uh, they make another point, like, as they put it, the jury is still out. Like, are women happier in whatever, America, where they can do whatever they want? Or are they happier in, a, you know, what we would call repressive, but, um, you know, just a, an understandable, you know what you're doing every day kind of society where, whatever, women have their role. They can't leave their role, but they have their role. And so here's the question, who is happier? And I know, like, in America, like, conservatives are happier than liberals, and I think, for instance, like arranged marriages from other countries are much less likely to lead to divorce. I mean, you know, that, you know that's partly because it's in that culture you probably don't divorce. But in any case, arranged marriages actually work out pretty good. And I think they've been doing arranged marriages, who knows, probably for over the tens of thousands of years. Probably been 90 or 99% arranged marriages. And apparently somehow we survived. And now it's like, uh, you can get divorced whatever you want and then all of a sudden there's tons of divorce and I don't think that's really making people happy and did America really lose that war in Afghanistan I mean the country of America lost that war and 
any U.S. soldier who died there, they were part of a losing war. But the military-industrial complex, you know, just the tons of people who make tons and tons of money off of wars, I mean, they won. You know, every year that it kept going, they won again. It's a forever war, which is kind of like a forever home. Like, you know, you get a dog from the pound, and then you give it a forever home. I mean, the country is going to go to crap whenever we pulled out. I mean, remember, pulling out is never an effective form of contraceptive. And they mentioned something that I'd like to know more about, which is like the opium situation in Afghanistan. You know, I think that's where heroin, they grow the poppies, which you make opium from, which you uh, refine into heroin, and then you sell it to Americans and they overdose. But my question, which I have no answer for, is, like, you know, how did that influence maybe uh, American businesses? You know, rich Americans, they wanted, did they want America to go to Afghanistan partly because, you know, maybe they didn't want Afghanistan to be selling opium because it was undercutting, you know, their legal, like, um, OxyContin? Or maybe they wanted the... Afghan poppy growers to only sell it to them so they could use it to make OxyContin or maybe Americans didn't you know didn't want uh, heroin on the streets so we could attack this country and stop the heroin because that wouldn't be rich people but you know that could be another reason kind of like oil instead of saying we want your oil it'd be like we want you to stop drilling for oil and then there's this you know now we got fentanyl which is a uh, Synthetic heroin, basically. You know, I think like one gram of fentanyl is equal to like a thousand grams of heroin. But anyways, I think the effect is basically the same. It's just by weight, you need so much less. You know, if you want to, whatever. If you're smuggling a suitcase of fentanyl in, it's like smuggling in a thousand suitcase of, suitcases of heroin. So that's there's an obvious advantage there. And I believe uh, the fentanyl is being made in China. Like, you know, you got to have a factory slash laboratory to make the stuff i think can't make it at home and the ingredient may be pure chemicals or maybe you got to start with opium for that stuff too don't know but basically now that all the people ODing and all our drug problems are being exported to us from china maybe we don't care about afghanistan anymore afghanistan they're small potatoes maybe it'll become it's kind of like a boutique thing you know like you want your organic whatever peppers well, if you're a heroin addict, you want your organic heroin, not that crap from China. So what are the hardcore communist wokers uh, saying about this? Well, the Soviet Union fell two years after they lost in Afghanistan or pulled out. So they're hoping. America, two years left. This is it. Start your countdown. So in Afghanistan, they got something called Bacha Bazi. I don't know how to spell it. I probably don't want to know. I probably already know more about it than I want to, but um, sounds like it's kind of like how the Greeks and the Romans used to be, where, uh, whatever, if you were a powerful leader, you would have yourself a young boy as a, whatever, sex object. Maybe Islam frowns on it, although it doesn't frown on it that hard, and uh, when America... Whatever, for the 20 years that America was in there, all the warlords were going back to their Bacha Bazi roots. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about the possible future of Afghanistan. Um, like, I think they have cell phones there. You know, like they're they're doing TikTok or whatever, whatever it is that people self with cell phones do today. So you know, this is not the Afghanistan. Whatever. This is not. It's not the same country like when Russia got kicked out, and the Taliban went in there. Uh, they got a country of people with cell phones, which is quite different. And a bunch of Muslim countries. I don't know how many. Maybe five. Anyways, people organized protests on social media. Um, you know, Tunisia. They're not doing very good, but they didn't descend into total s-hole status with civil war but you know like syria total s-hole country now algeria i think total s-hole country now and uh whatever social media allows people to get together and protest and like the governments in these um muslim countries it's not like a powerful government i mean they're powerful in that they can kill you if they want but they you know they don't have thousands of highly trained police who are willing to put their lives on the line like America has. So there's a protest. They basically got two options. Uh, they're screwed or they can use, you know, real bullets to put the protest down. So we'll see. You know, it's like basically America could never defeat the Taliban. It's because they live there. But, you know, the Taliban may not be able to defeat uh, whoever's coming next because those people are going to be living there too. But we'll just see. And then let's talk about Biden. So this is the anti-woke podcast. This is not the pro-Trump or the anti-Biden podcast. Except for when Biden gets woke, which he occasionally does. But So Biden said something like, oh, it's going to, whatever, we're going to leave, but it's going to go good. There's no way that the Taliban will take over and whatever, whatever he said, you know. In the next few months, there's no way they could take over. Or maybe they could next few years i don't even know i don't know what he said he painted a rosy picture of the taliban not taking over and then he was proved wrong and you know almost instantly and whatever he was wrong but i mean whatever i don't blame people for being wrong uh everyone is wrong every day about something it's not that big a deal and you know you think you think you know what's going to happen in afghanistan well, i don't care who you are you're wrong so I just think, I think it's good. You know, Trump said we're going to leave. I mean, Biden didn't have to abide by that at all. I don't know how much, anyways, and then he left. And so he gets, I think he gets total credit, total props. He left. I don't care. I don't care what happens in Afghanistan as far as the Taliban taking over because that was either inevitable. But basically, I think it was. It was inevitable. So if you're like, they're not going to take over for a month and then they take over in a week, uh, close enough for me. Just get the get Americans the hell out of there. And can Trump be credited with us getting out of there? I mean, I don't really think so. Um, I wish he could. I wish he could, because that would be able to that would give me like a nice rhetorical punch in the nose that I could give to some of my Trump hating friends. But it's pretty easy to say we're gonna leave. Uh, you know, after this. You know. After my term is over, we're going to leave. Saying that, that's not that hard. I mean, that was good. It's better not saying it. But the hard part was abiding by what Trump said. So I credit Biden with this one. Good job, Biden. And please don't die just yet, because I do not want Kamala in there. <laughs>